This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Happy Wednesday. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainertz and Enrique Alvarez-Clary are with you today. Hello, Rico. Hello. How's life, man? It's good. That's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night was a little bit of a struggle, but it's good. Oh, no. What happened? Ellie woke up at like 1 o'clock, yeah. but like she didn't make any noise, and she just like came she, upstairs. She's getting to that age. Well, she she we all we like leave the gate open so she can come upstairs, you know, when she wakes up. But she like mm-hmm. didn't make any noise, and she came upstairs and like we kind of heard her footsteps and she was just standing in our doorway and we kind of me and Rachel kind of wake up and go, "Hey, baby, what's up?" And then she just broke down, just started no crying, way. and I was like, "What is going on?" And we were like, "Cause KJ had just gotten to sleep and it's, it's been a little bit oh, of a struggle, shoot. so we're like, yeah, please stop, please stop, don't and stop crying.'" So we finally got her to stop crying, but. Did KJ I had to, wake up? No, luckily he That's didn't. Good. But I had, I slept on the couch with her for a while. Uh, then I took her to the bed, and then Rachel had KJ on the couch for a while, and then we switched. And then I was holding KJ, and I couldn't go to sleep. It was like 5 o'clock Jeez. when we switched, and I couldn't go to sleep. So I've been up since like 5. Um, Are you feeling okay? And yeah, I'm fine. I had a coffee and I had some, uh, some water. It's fine. Yeah, you're drinking green water. I am. I'm drinking green water. I'm um, drinking my green water. But, uh, uh, and then I'm holding KJ. <laughs> I'm on KJ and we're just like looking at each other and I'm talking to him. He's doing his little his little coos and everything. And then he stops and he just lets out a big old fart. And I was like, dude, that stinks. And then the stink didn't go away. And I was like, wait a minute. And he pooped. But after he pooped, he fell back asleep. And then I changed him and he didn't wake up at all. And I was like, wow, that must have taken a lot out of you. Wow. But while I was changing him, he pooped more and he peed. So I had his on diaper you? almost off. He peed on my hand. I had his uh. diaper almost off, so he just starts peeing and pooping more. And I'm like, ah, what are you doing? So that was a great morning to National Signing Day. And then, I, and then you know, we went back out to the couch, and he fell asleep. And I start, mm-hmm. started scrolling through Twitter and saw people were signing. So yeah. it was fun. That's an event, much more of an eventful morning than I had. <laughs> I just woke up at 6 a.m. and couldn't get back to sleep, and that was it. Yeah, so 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline. Starter Heyman text line, both those open for you. Today is uh, early National Signing Day coverage here on the ticket. We're sponsored. Appreciate members' own credit union. Um, treat yourself to a credit card without hidden fees and reward points. Uh, go with without hidden fees and reward points galore. Learn more at membersownCU.org as well as Action Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Um, appreciate them for helping us get our early National Signing Day coverage. It hasn't been... I was just talking to talking to somebody, and, and they were saying, you know, it hasn't been a, a, an eventful day. It hasn't been a surprising day. And we both agreed that sometimes that's okay. It's yeah. okay when signing day is, is uneventful, is not surprising. Nebraska fans, be thankful that you are not Florida State today. Mm, Florida, Florida State Florida, is losing Flo- their mind. It is, it is bad. And I know, Rico, you joined the Twitter space for a little bit, and 
it was like I, I know not to read too much into those Twitter spaces, but this had this this space had over five thousand people at one point in this in this conversation, and it was all centered around firing Mike Norvell because now they're having the the number one recruit in the country. If you guys missed it, um, is now going to Jackson State. They I just saw that a four star wide receiver just decommitted from Florida State is going to Louisville. So it's like the, Florida State is down in the dumps bad. So mm. it's just needs. Needs to have, um, and here's Florida a quote. State needs some love. Here's a very interesting quote that I almost tweeted out, but I did not. But there were there was a uh, Florida State media member there that said, five and seven at Florida State is not good enough, hmm. but yet you allowed it, hmm. and you extended his contract. Hmm. Where and have it, we it's, heard it is that? The, the wild parallels, man. Parallels, parallels, parallels. Okay, a little bit of breaking news here. At least Nebraska didn't have the number one recruit committed. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of breaking news here. So I'm looking on Twitter here, and we'll keep you kind of updated throughout the the show. But stay stay safe right now and this afternoon um, with with tornadoes. So I'm hearing that there's a tornado warning near Grand Island, Nebraska. Take cover now. So if you know anybody in Grand Island, make sure that they're aware of what's going on, um, and, and we'll try to try our best to keep you updated. Um, all show long, we'll we'll cut in if we need to as well. Check and on your friends. Check yeah, on your family. Absolutely, make sure they're all safe and make sure yourself is safe. Um, you make yourself sure. is safe. There you go. And, and we'll be we'll be all good there. And and just keep us on. We'll help you out. So, um, Scott Frost is speaking to the media right now. We'll we'll provide updates throughout the course of the show. We'll be joined by Aaron Sorensen at two thirty here in a little bit. Kind of talk about this this recruiting class. Um, also, I I was asking. I'm going to ask her. Um, just kind of how she feels they're going to go with this coaching staff uh, because there's still two positions, mainly running back and, and then, you know, special teams as well. Nobody knows where they're going to go with this. Um, but Scott Frost will talk. I know I saw that there was going to be positions for defense coordinator, Eric Shenander, new offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple and Mickey Joseph, along with Donovan Riola. So there's going to be a lot of, a lot of quotes to come out of today. Um, Little the only surprise I suppose today, Rico, with the signees was uh, Justin Evans Jenkins from New Jersey. He's mm-hmm. an interior offensive lineman, and this comes a day after that uh, Cam Jurgens announces that he's going to the NFL draft. So Nebraska's going to have to kind of revamp that offensive line. Oh yes, yeah. speaking so. speaking with you know I was talking to Happer and Schaefer, and they said it on air as well. Uh, really, the only person that you know for sure is coming back and will be on that offensive line is Norton Nueli mm-hmm. at left guard. At the left tackle spot, you had Turner Corcoran, who who struggled uh, a lot this season. When he moved to right tackle, he was better, but then he had to move back because of Teddy Prohaska's injury. You don't know how Teddy Prohaska is coming along in rehab right now. I'm, I'm hoping that everything is coming along well, and he'll be able to play starting next season. Hopefully, uh, he, he gets to you know the same level we saw him in. I know it was one, like, one and a quarter games, mm-hmm. but... You know, in that one game against Northwestern, Nebraska put up a bunch of points, and you really didn't hear much about him, which is great for an offensive lineman. When they don't say your name, you're doing a really good job. Um, then you at left guard, you have Nuelli, who's the only one. Cam Jurgens was your center. Now he's gone. Your right guard graduated in Matt Sichterman. Uh, you had Brock Bando uh, playing there for the final game, but again, I'm not, I don't know if. Brock Banda will be the full-time starter at right guard. And then right tackle was the biggest head-scratcher problem of the entire season. So yeah. that's going to be something that they have to figure out 
and try and get somebody uh, more productive in that spot. Well, and they went hard at, at defensive backs this class again. I, I'm pulling up their 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 uh, list of commitments or signees right now, but um, and they've jumped up three spots from yesterday when I looked, according to 24/7 Sports. But they they went hard at, at defensive back. Jaden Gould, obviously your highest rated recruit from New Jersey, that. Uh, um, Ramir Johnson was a big part in because they went to the same high school, Bergen Catholic. Mm-hmm. And so you have him, you have uh, uh, Jacob, Jacob Applegate from Lincoln Southeast will be playing the defensive side of the ball. You have uh, Deshaun Singleton from Hutch, who's a safety as well. Um, Malcolm Hartzog, who is a defensive back, but really what jumped out in terms of his high school statistics were 44 touchdowns on special teams. And so that jumped out as well. And then you have the transfer from Arizona State, Tommy Hill, who used to be a four-star, played in 11 games for the Sun Devils and recorded nine tackles this past season. So you you really revamp a room that was at one point, you look at it, and you have Quentin Newsom and you have Miles Farmer. And maybe you can you can throw in Noah Pola Gates in that discussion. Mm-hmm. Um and and you still have Tyreek Johnson, but you, you lose Clark. you lose a couple guys that really played significant minutes and time in that room, and and they made it a priority as of late, it felt like, because, it, once again, this recruiting class was not going to be anything special in terms of high school guys. No. It was not going to be highly rated, and when when Jaden Gould's your, your highest-rated recruit at 190th overall, according to 24-7 Sports, um, 23rd best defensive back in the in the country, your, your high school guys aren't going to – be you know jumping out of the water like whoa yeah, out um, it's from the outside from the outside looking in the high school recruiting class for Nebraska is nothing special I'm not you know that's not to take anything away from these kids because I'm I'm sure that these kids work extremely hard and and I'm excited to see what they can provide uh for Nebraska in the coming years but if you're you know uh, in if you're in Iowa and you're a, you're a Hawkeye fan and you're looking at Nebraska's high school recruiting class, you're not you're not afraid of any of those guys being a freshman All Big Ten type of type mm-hmm. of player. So you're just like ah, you know those guys aren't really anything. But if you look at Nebraska's transfer class, uh, the the transfer portal, uh, those guys coming in, those are the guys that are going to be playing significant time and you know not automatic starters because you know you you'll still have competition with guys currently on the roster but the transfer guys are the ones that you're looking at and thinking all right that's an immediate impact that's a person that we're going to have to look out for again if you're on the outside looking in and something that I've noticed with this with this defensive back class they're going for height man they these are yeah, big DBs right. you know you, you see DBs around you know 59 510 511 6 foot they got a 61 a 63 like these guys are big I don't know if that's a change in philosophy and what they're trying to do. Granted, you know, what they've been doing is working. So maybe they're just going for guys that fit that but are also tall and can can match up with some of the bigger bodies in the in the Big Ten and come down and hit people. Because, uh, you know, you're playing in the Big Ten West. It's a lot of running. You're going to want somebody who's more sturdy who can take those hits and, and deliver some punishment as well. So just having the, the bigger body guys is is something that I noticed right off the bat for this for these defensive backs that they're bringing in. Um, what It sounds like, so I'm looking at things coming out of the press conference right now. Scott Frost still talking to the media. A couple things. He thinks uh, Victor Jones Jr., a wide receiver recruit, um, has, quote, elite speed and potential. But then there's a, this other guy, Jaleel Martin from Chicago, who is a, a classified as an athlete, but we'll kind of talk about that a little bit here. But Scott Frost, and here's his direct quote. Let me find it once again. 
Um, this comes from Brian Christofferson of Husker 24-7. He says, Frost thinks Jaleel Martin is, quote, under-recruited a little bit, and we're really glad we got him to Nebraska. I'd classi- classify him as one of my leading candidates for being a steal in this class for Nebraska. So Jaleel Martin, um, obviously, like like Coach Frost said, under-recruited a little bit. A um, couple of his offers, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan State, Ole Miss, Syracuse, Tennessee, Texas A&M, um, some Pac-12 offers in there as well. So Jaleel Martin, one of the guys from uh, the Chicago area. Look, you're or, always or really excited. You're always really excited when you can bring in somebody from Chicago. That's that's a that's a great town to get kids out of. And I, I'm not saying all of them end up being stars, but usually when you get a kid from Chicago, they turn out pretty well. So I, I you know, Jaleel Martin being under recruited and Nebraska getting him is is you know if if Frost right, it's a big get. Uh, another quote coming out of the presser: Frost is not sure on positions for Gage Stenger who played quarterback at Miller South and also linebacker, yep. and Brody Tagaloa, who was a tight end defensive end. And that was, you know, when people were, when he announced his commitment, that was kind of getting messed up. People were like, oh, they got a tight end. And then others were saying, oh, no, he's a defensive end. He's going to play, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. He's going to play. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's good to have guys who can play multiple positions. It's it's not a problem uh, per se yet. But until you get into that spot where maybe you need them to play on one yeah. side of the ball and they've been practicing on the other or splitting their practice time between two positions, that's when it might be problematic. But I, I think it's great to have more athletic more athletic kids on the team to to, you know, be able to flex in and out of different spots. I think that's a really interesting point because with this staff also there's part of me personally that feels like they need to work on getting guys um, consistent reps and quality time at one position. Because, let's be honest, there have been players, athletes in years past, that they've obviously either mismanaged or misread um, the talent level or, or just not been able to assess the talent right off the bat. And that's been a problem. And so I, I think when it comes to that, they, they need to find what guys are best at and they need to do it by week zero or the week before week zero since they actually play week zero. Because think about it. It took Nebraska five weeks to find their best or four or five weeks. I can't remember the exact timeline to find their best offensive line combination last year. Mm-hmm. And and then you got hurt and you kind of got a <laughs> And then it back. went to shambles right away. Yeah. So it's like little things like that. Where the offensive line play, now don't get me wrong, was not good, not up to par all season long, but mm-hmm. it did get better in that time frame where they where they inserted Pre- Teddy Prohaska and, and everything like that. But you you cannot. There's no room for error. We talk about minimal room for error on on this with this within this program every single year. Next season, it, it is magnified by ten, probably more, because your back is up against the wall and mm-hmm. you need to find guys that can contribute from the get-go, from the opening kickoff every single week. Yeah, and I mean, even finding guys and getting them the the reps at a position, uh, multiple reps at a position in practice, that's great and all, but when it gets down to it, you got to be able to find them in a game or get them get them uses in a game because Austin Allen practiced as a tight end all season. Mm-hmm. You didn't see him till about halfway through the season. I mean, you saw him. He was on the field doing things, but you didn't use him to his full potential until about halfway through the season, and then you saw exactly what Austin Allen can give you on this offense, but it was too little too late, I would say. Uh, to to really make any type of difference. If you use Austin Allen in a couple of those earlier games, maybe it gives you, you know, 
I, I don't know if it gives you any more wins. Maybe the losses are closer, yeah. closer than they actually closer than they were, which were extremely close. But using Austin Allen to his full potential earlier in the season uh, would have would have been a lot better because you I mean you're getting him reps, which you need to find out a way to use him in the games. And uh, another quote coming out, which I think a lot of people, including you, Nick, will find interesting. Is, if it's about the quarterback, I was going to go right there. Scott Frost said Nebraska is quote leaning toward adding a QB in the portal. This that comes, is an interesting yeah. wordage. Th- this comes after uh, he's talking about Richard Torres, the Huskers quarterback signee of the class. Um, has Frost was quoted saying Richard Torres has, quote, elite arm talent. Um, feels like they uh, – Richard Torres, excuse me, will be an early enroy- enrollee, and they think he'll fit what Frost and head offense coordinator Mark Whipple want to do on offense. So, hmm. with that being said – Interesting. Here's the thing. With that being said, Richard Torres, not a dual threat guy. No, he can move, he can he can scramble when needed, but it's definitely a a pass first quarterback. You are not asking Richard Torres to run an option. You are all. not you are not asking Richard Torres to run the ball twenty five times no. in a game. In fact, now, I don't think you're designing runs for Richard Torres. Very good point. I think I think if you have him and and you know it will throw another guy in there, Heinrich Harburg. I think those two guys, you're not designing runs for them. But if a play breaks down, they can get you a couple of yards here and there. But you're not you're not sitting back and saying, all right, you know, take this snap, fake the handoff, and you know, run run along the right side of the offensive line, try and try and get some yardage there. You're 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 having them stay in the pocket. Take a couple step drop and get the ball out of their hands. And and with those guys, with the strong arm guys, with the strong arms that those two have, you're you're possibly taking some more shots downfield as well. Which may be okay, especially in, in an offense with Mark Whipple. We've we've kind of talked about that as well as well. Um, Scott Frost also feels like Richard Torres went under the radar at a school that doesn't get recruited hard. He also tore his ACL his senior year yes. of, of high school, so he did not play for for a good chunk of it as well. So he does we'll, believe that he'll be healthy for for spring for spring ball. Spring ball. Spring well, ball. he'll be an early enroll enrollee as well. Yeah. So um, we'll we'll keep you guys updated as we go along. Aaron Sorensen will join us here in in approximately ten minutes or so. But um, I also wanted to talk about this really really quick because yesterday you guys know the whole thing with. Go ahead, Rico. Confirmed tornado near Aurora, Nebraska. For anybody listening or any family near or around there, um, there is a tornado around Aurora, Nebraska. So there you go. Uh, just please be safe out there. There you go. Um, we'll we'll keep you updated on that front as well. But I wanted to talk about this. Trev Alberts released that statement yesterday regarding Husker men's basketball, and, and that's not necessarily what we're going to dive into. I'm going to look at, or we're going to look at Trev Alberts the last five months. Because he was hired July 15th, or 14th, excuse me, which was five months from yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking back, everything that he has had to work through and or um, change, assess, Mm -hmm. look at through his first five months as as athletic director and vice chancellor. Now, why? Because think about everything here is... You get here, there was stuff with the NCAA investigation regarding Husker football where um, the with the whole analyst that predated his arrival, there was that that he was blindsided, not blindsided necessarily by, but he was not expecting. You have to deal with a 3-9 and nine football team where football is the main driver in the city, or state, I should say. 
Now you have a Husker basketball team that is five and six overall, not living up to expectations so far this season. Although there is a lot of season left, mm-hmm. they are struggling. You, you with have to and going such, going back to football. You had to deal with the sellout streak, and despite whatever people want to say about the sellout streak, they still made a difference, and that was part in part Lawrence Chatters, mm-hmm. um, leader of diversity, equity, and inclusion. There uh, hired him. Trev Alberts, I hired him as well. Made that a priority. They they uh, began the red carpet experience. Trev Alberts has had to do a lot in the five months that I think when you put it all together, has it only like you? It's I only just, been five saying, months. Like you saying that, and like I know you, you would tell you yeah. were just saying, but it's only been five yes. months. And so when when you look back at everything that's really happened, it's kind of and when you combine them all, when you combine them all mm-hmm. and put them in that five months, it makes makes it really um, eye opening on how good of a job he's done managing Husker athletics. In part, once again, and, and going along with that three and nine record of, of Husker football, making the decision to extend or keep Scott Frost around one more year, at least, while managing his buyout, and and whatever way you wanna you wanna say that he orchestrated that move, that's fine, but still, the the native son, the the head coach that everybody wanted, that's not working out as well. Mm-hmm. You had to orchestrate it less than five months into the job. And and so it's it's just wild to think when you combine everything that's happened into a five month stretch, less than five months, Trev Alberts has done a phenomenal job so far as the athletic director. And then when I'm there at the Husker women's basketball game on Sunday against Indiana State, or every single women's basketball game since I go to a mall, Trev Alberts at halftime of every single women's basketball game, whether they're playing Michigan or Indiana State or Maine is down there on the sidelines watching the product, mm-hmm. watching his coaches, and dealing, and or not dealing, greeting, talking with boosters and normal fans while taking pictures, while meeting people, shaking hands, kissing babies. He's every, not kissing every, babies. every single thing, Trev Alberts is doing it. Making and he's, his presence. He's present. Yeah. He's present. And it, it's just really remarkable every single time that I see Trev Alberts on the sideline at PBA every women's basketball game mm-hmm. i'm just thinking man this this guy gets it he understands what it what it needs to happen and what his role needs to be at the university of nebraska he's embraced being athletic a, he's embraced being a public figure uh, uh, well more of a public figure he wasn't you know yeah. the athletic director you know but more of a public figure because it is a bigger university it is a bigger job uh he's he's embraced that he he knows what it's going to take he's he's you know making himself available to the people. He's listening to the fans. He's listening to the players and the coaches and everything. And, and he wants to – I mean, it's it's going to be hard for him or it would be hard for him to talk about, you know, women's basketball if he's not at the games, if he's not watching it. You know, somebody might ask him about it and he's just like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. you, he could give like the stock, you know – response of you know they're doing really good and this is their record and I'm really impressed with how they're doing things but he's actually at the games and he can actually tell you yeah. what he sees because he's there he's he's making himself present and accessible that's another big thing is making himself accessible to both the common fan to to the um the common fan to boosters to his coaches and that's a part that may get very overlooked all right let's take our fi- our, our break when we come back, we'll be joined by Aaron uh, with Aaron Sorensen of Hale Varsity next up on the Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.